It's cute, and I saw a TV guy do it. I do it because I want us to confess and believe that. Because as born-again children of God, this Bible is really our life book, isn't it? It's our instruction manual for life, and, and we have to believe the instruction manual. I'm, I'm sure there's many of you, many of the guys, uh, when you see an instruction manual, you, don't, you, know, you really don't pay attention, do you? you know, you're, you're one of those guys, I'll figure it out. You know, I'll figure it out. And, and that's not something you want to do, is it? We want to follow the instruction manual because I'll figure it out is usually followed by y'all watch this. And neither one of those things usually works out pretty well, right? Well, we're in the last week of our series on Love Storm. And today I've titled this message, at least on my notes, Get Wet. Get Wet. We're going to talk about really allowing the love storm to penetrate us. But there's a barrier that happens with this. And it's a common barrier, and I'm going to talk about it in our scripture today in Mark chapter 9, verses 20 through 25. But before we go there, I want to just mention briefly to you guys, we've got with uh, our Easter services coming up, it's very important that you invite folks. We want to have, obviously, a full house that day. We've got a special dramatic presentation we're going to be showing for you guys, and and it's going to be great. Really excited about that. But we're also volunteering that Saturday in town with Light in the Wilderness which is our sister church over out towards Salem, they're doing a community-wide Easter egg hunt. And uh, we are partnering with them that day. We're going to love on all the kids in our community, but we need volunteers. Uh, Trish and I will be there. We want you to sign up. We're going to go out and help for a few hours. Barbie will be in the foyer after service. You can ask her any questions about the time and all that. But let's go out there and support our churches. Uh, It's exciting. Our church is going to be there. A couple of the Baptist churches are going to be there. And we're just going to love on the kids in our community. Amen? Just share God's love with them because our, our whole deal is we want, to be a, we want to be a love storm. We want to take the love storm with us. Now, now in the Bible, rain means a number of different things. Uh, it usually means life. When rain comes, it brings life, right? We know that we need rain for things to grow. Just like in our area recently, we've got a lot of rain and that's helping. Many of you right now, because you look out in your yard and grass is already starting to come up and the trees are starting to bud. So the, the rain is helping facilitate that. We also know in the, in the Bible that rain talks about uh, that it, it's representative of the Holy Spirit, uh, that he comes in and, and rain, his rain is refreshing and, and he brings life. We're talking today about the kind of rain, though, that's really about faith. And, and I want to talk to you briefly about a story in the Bible of a man that was challenged in his faith. He, he believed, but he had challenges with his belief. And I don't know about you, but there's probably been times in your life that you wanted to believe God, you read God's word and you saw what he said and you wanted to believe it, but then there was another part of you over here that had a hard time believing it. So you were conflicted. Well, I I know I need to believe God's word, I know I need to trust God's word, but when I look at the facts of what's going on, when I listen to what my doctor said, when I look at where my finances are, when I look at some of the relationships, I'm having a hard time reconciling what I see to what I know is truth in the Bible. Anybody say amen to that? You know what's amazing about our book? Just one of the things that's amazing about the Bible is the brutal honesty of the Bible. You know, if I had written some of the stories, especially if I was in there, I'd kind of maybe embellished made my part sound not as bad as maybe I was, <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh, he was a nice fella. 
but not really. You know, I mean, I would have probably made it look or sound a little bit different, but the Bible does not do that. If you, you know, read some of your Bible stories. It's brutally honest. If somebody was an idiot, it said Joe Bob was an idiot, you know? And it doesn't pull any punches, where, whether it's dealing with a king or dealing with a pauper and everybody in between. It's just telling the truth about the human condition and God's interface with that. So when we read this story today, it really shows us just the brutal honesty of a person who's just like me and who's just like you who's having a crisis in their faith. And I'm sure right now there's a number of you in this room that fall into that category. You're in a crisis. You know, you're dealing with some things right now in your life and and you want to believe God, but you're having a hard time reconciling the two things. So if that's you today, then open your heart, your ears, and your mind because this message is for you. Amen? Zechariah 10 verse 1 says this, Ask the Lord for rain in the springtime. It is the Lord who sends the thunderstorms. He gives showers of rain to only people that he really likes. Is that what it says? To who? All people. And plants of the field to everyone. Let me just add a little side note. This isn't in your notes, but I think it'll help somebody. No one has ever been argued into the kingdom of God. No one has ever been argued into the kingdom of God. And for some of you that have personalities like that, how many of you like to argue? Let me see your hands. I will avoid you, you, you. No, no. Uh, Some of us like to argue. You can put your hands down. Um, some of you are pointing. First service, I actually had a, a husband raise his hand and a wife doing this at the exact same time. It was awesome. It was awesome. But it's great to see marital unity, you know, where they know each other so well. But, but the reality is, some of us feel like the, there are those that are in our inner circle. I'm talking about the people that we're closest to, that we feel like if we argue with them enough, they will eventually come around to our way of thinking or they'll eventually come around to accepting God's love. You know, when they sin and you go, see, idiot, I told you, you know, if you wouldn't do that. Let me explain something to you. This scripture shows us here that God gives showers of rain to all people and plants of the field to everyone. Now listen to me. The Bible tells us that it is the kindness of God that leads people to repentance. It's on that day when you realize that God is not giving you what you deserve, but he's giving you what you don't deserve. And that's his grace and his mercy. Here in two weeks, we're going to be celebrating and remembering the sacrifice that Jesus made for us. The Bible tells us that while we were sinners, while we were rebelling against God, it was the kindness of God that died for you. And so in that way... You need to be like your heavenly father and you need to love those around you because I want to tell you something. When you respond to people in a way they don't expect, it gets their attention. When you love the unlovable, when you listen to me, when you forgive the unforgivable, you are most like your heavenly father. Amen? Let's pray. No, that's just the beginning. Okay, Matthew 5, 45 just kind of reiterates the point. 
In that way, you will be acting as true children of your Father in heaven, for he gives sunlight to both the evil and the good, and he sends rain on the just and the unjust alike. You know, for some of us, we look at people that are, that are evil, unjust, and we go, why, why ain't God uh, to them? You ever done that? Yeah. Lord, you know. <laughs> if you don't know, I'll tell you what they did. Because <laughs> they... Isn't it interesting how we feel that way about other people, but that's not what we want for ourselves? Lord, judge them, but give me mercy. That was my center voice. <laughs> Right? <laughs> Y'all know that as my center voice. But that's how we do. We, we, we want judgment for others but mercy for us. And that's not the way our Heavenly Father works. And Jesus says we need to be like him. So here's the big thought today. How do we take advantage of the love storm? How do we, how do we fully soak in the rain of God's love and mercy when it comes on us? How do we receive that? How does that happen? Well, well this, this story today out of Mark chapter 9, verses 20 through 25, tells us the story of a father and a son. And interestingly and terrifyingly, this father has, has watched his son, who is possessed by a demon, a demonic power. And, and the Bible tells us that this son, from a young age, so for years, and we don't know exactly how long, has been tormented by this spirit. And there are some times that he's thrown into the water to be drowned. Sometimes that he's thrown into the fire. And it creates chaos in this family, as you can imagine. Now, interestingly, Jesus was sending out his disciples and, and to do works and spread the gospel, spread the good news. And, and they had gone and met with this man, some of the disciples had. And they had been unable to cast this demon out of this young man. And so... The story picks up here where the disciples are bringing this man and his son to Jesus. Let's pick up our scripture. They, the disciples, brought the boy to Jesus. And, and when the spirit, when the demon saw Jesus, it immediately, the spirit threw him into convulsions. And falling to the ground, he, the young man, began rolling around and foaming at the mouth. And Jesus asked his father, How long has this been happening to him? And the father said, from childhood. It has often thrown him both into the fire and into the water to destroy him. And I want to stop right there and say something. I want you to imagine for a moment what life would be like in this family. That in any moment... That this spirit would manifest itself and create absolute chaos in this family. You never knew when it was going to happen. You never knew what was going on, but all of a sudden this would manifest. Can you imagine what life was like for them, not only in their home, but in their community? You know, to give you an example, I would imagine they didn't get invited to a lot of Christmas parties. So in effect, whatever community they were in, to a degree, they were outcasts within that community. They were handicapped by this situation. What does that have to do with you? Well, it has this to do with you. There are some of you that may be in an environment where you never know when he or she is going to go off. Maybe you grew up in an environment 
that was abusive. And for no reason, you might be picked up and beaten or thrown across the room and you never understood why. What does that do on the inside of a person when they live in constant fear of what's going to happen next? That is this family and it may be some of you. So now that we put ourselves into the same position as this man, let's continue. He tells Jesus what the Spirit has done, and then he makes this request to the Lord. He says, but if you can do anything, Jesus, take pity on us and help us. Jesus, if you can do anything, help us. You ever been in that spot? Lord, if you can do anything, help us. Now notice Jesus' response here. And Jesus said to him, and this is in quotes, if you can. In other words, you're asking me, if I can do anything. Now, now I'm going to say this. I don't know if this is how Jesus did it or not, but I'd be like, oh, really? <laughs> Have you been reading the paper? You hadn't been checking your tweeter, you know, because I've been doing all kinds of stuff. But you know Jesus, he usually doesn't do things the way I do This next verse is one you've probably repeated and you've heard many times, but now you're seeing the context that it's given in. So Jesus says, if you can, all things are possible to him who believes. All things are possible to him who believes. Now watch this next verse and circle it. Immediately, as soon as Jesus says this, immediately the father cried out, Shouted, I do believe, but help my unbelief. (laughs) Remember what I was talking about a minute ago? I believe, Jesus, I've heard the stories about you. I I understand the scriptures. I believe that you're the Messiah or that you may be the Messiah. I heard what you did for those people in that other village. I've heard about some of these miracles. So there's some faith in here, isn't there? I mean, understand, there's enough faith for this man to travel and bring his son, by the way, not knowing how it was going to go, and brings him to Jesus. So there's some faith at work here, right? Because remember, he was at his home, and the disciples couldn't cast this out. So he takes his son out of this enclosed setting and walks him to where Jesus is. So there's some faith at work. But then the honesty of the Bible, the transparency of the Bible. Jesus, I believe. But there's some unbelief in here, too. You know, your disciples couldn't do anything about this. And I've watched this for years. And I believe, but I don't know. I believe, but I don't know. When Jesus saw that a crowd was rapidly gathering, he rebuked the man and told him he was a moron for not believing in him. I'm glad y'all read your Bible. Some of you are going, does it say that? No. He rebuked the spirit, saying to it, you deaf and mute spirit, I command you, come out of him and do not enter him again. 
Does Jesus judge this man for his lack of belief? Here's the point. Give him what you have. You know, Jesus also told the story of a grain of mustard seed. Even though it's one of the smallest seeds there is, when it's planted in the ground and it grows up, it's big enough to bear fruit, but it also can have birds and provide shade, and it grows into this enormous tree for the size of the seed that it is. You know, we live in an area where there's so many hardwoods, and right now the squirrels are going crazy, going around planting stuff all over the place. And it's amazing when you look at how small an acorn is and how massive the tree can grow. And that's an example of our faith. And so Jesus looked at this man and didn't chide him for his unbelief. He recognized the little faith that was there and he worked with it. And it's really the same for me and you, right? So so here's the point. We need to learn to be honest with him. We need to learn to tell God because here's the thing. How many of you have ever kept a secret from your parents? If everyone does not raise their hands, parents are looking at their kids. That's awesome. (laughs) But the truth is, we've all, probably most of us, if not all of us, have kept secret from our parents. But let me just give you a news flash. Many of us do the same thing with God. Maybe God won't find out. Really? I mean, in that kind. I mean, let's just think about that for a minute, dude. Verily, verily, I say to you, that is stupideth. <laughs> I mean, God knows. I mean, the Bible talks about that. He searches our hearts and He knows the things down in there. But the wise person, like King David, goes before the Lord and says, "Lord, search my heart. Dig around in here. Show me." And I want you to get this, because for some of you, you're in pain. For some of you, this might shock you, you're mad at God. Something happened that you don't understand. But you feel guilty for being mad at God. And so as opposed to coming into tight relationship with him, you're just avoiding him. Because you're concerned about how he's going to feel about you and how he's going to respond to the fact that you're hurt and you don't understand. Let me tell you something. He's bigger than that. And this isn't in your notes, but it's probably the most important thing I'm going to say today. God loves you more than the level of comfort that you have in your life. And just like we have to take a child that doesn't understand to the doctor to get a shot... And they look at us with pain and they're wondering why we're allowing this to happen. They don't realize that this momentary pain is actually protecting them down the road from things that could harm them. But in that moment, all that child knows is the pain. And this is revelational, guys. For some of you, you need to understand that God is willing to allow you to misjudge him to help you. And you need to be honest with him. Lord, I don't understand why I was abused as a kid. And I'm mad at you. 
Because the people that should have protected me brought me harm. Help me understand that. Do you see what I'm saying? Lord, I don't understand why I had to go through this hard divorce. Lord, I don't understand. And you can be honest with your heavenly father because he loves you. And you need to understand something. He can help you out of that. And he knows. We live in a fallen world. We live in a fallen world. And by the way, it wasn't God who turned his back on us. We turned our back on him. And we live in a broken world. But Jesus died to restore that relationship. He said, I came to heal the brokenhearted. Anybody brokenhearted? I came to set the captive free. It's amazing truth, isn't it? Let's look at this real quick, and I'm just going to give you four points, and it won't take long because this is pretty simple, isn't it? The first question that the man said is, can you help? (laughs) That's an honest question, isn't it? God, can you help me? Well, the answer is yes, but he asked the question. Number two in your notes, he says, Lord, I believe... I acknowledge my belief in you. I, I acknowledge my belief. And let, me, and let me help you just with something right here. When you're facing a crisis or a challenge, what you need to do is go to God's word and see what God's word says about your situation and then stand on those promises. Stand on the promises of God. Lord, your word says. So, Lord, I believe I know you have the power to heal. I know you have the power to save. I know you have the power to reconcile. I believe. But then be honest. Number three, help my unbelief. Acknowledge your weakness. We sang that song this morning. It's perfect for this. Lord, I need you. How many of you in life say, you walk around going, I got this. I got this. Can I help you with something? You ain't got this. You know, I tell the story of Kennedy, you know, when she was a little kid, most strong-willed child, just like her mother, you know. <laughs> Don't tell Trisha I said that, you know. <laughs> oh, well, I'll be exiting out here today should y'all need anything. Um, she'd fall down and skin her knee up or do something. I mean, you could tell she was obviously in pain. And you look at her and you go, Kennedy, are you okay? Are you okay? And she goes, I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine. And tear be rolling down her street. And, and it was obvious that she wasn't fine, but she didn't want to admit that she needed help. Sound familiar? Lord, I got this. The wisest person is the one that says, you know, when I get ready to come out here and speak to you guys, I'll stand in my office in the hall, sometimes right down here in the front, multiple times I'll go, Lord, I don't have anything to say to them. Say to them what they need to hear. In other words, I don't have this. In me is no good thing. And if we'll admit that, God can work through us, in us and through us. Amen? Now here's number four. This is Chris theology right here. You ready? Get wet. Jump in. Let me show you something here. I've got a visual example. I like using visual examples because I know you guys will probably remember them. Let me get this out here. Let me see if I can open this up.
Y'all are wondering what it is, isn't it? Is it loaded? No, I'm just kidding. Just kidding. Let's look at, let's look at this bad boy right here. This is an this is, this is umbrella. Let's see if I can get it open. Anybody want to bet I'm going to hurt myself here in a second? <laughs> yeah, thank you. I appreciate your faith and my inability to make this work on a, any level. Steve, come here and help me do this. <laughs> I'm serious. I don't think I can get it open. Who's mechanically inclined? Marshall, where are you? I'm serious. I know I'm about to hurt myself. So I'm going to let Steve hurt himself. <laughs> Is it spring-loaded? <laughs> it's a tap. Oh, there's a strap. Oh, look at that. There's a strap. Oh, check it out. It takes the village to raise a child. <laughs> Where's the manual? Yeah, that's a good idea. Don't preach at me my own message. Thank you, Steve. Look at that. You're the man. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just surprised it didn't have a razor back on it. I figured that's what was going to happen. All right, check this out. I believe unbelief. It's raining all around me with God's love and mercy. I'm watching him bless other people. I'm seeing him do miracles, but I'm walking around with my umbrella of unbelief. And that's really what we do. Because see, right now, you can look in your life and you know people that you see God moving and you see God doing things in their life and you're wondering why he's moving in their life and not yours But the reality is the culprit is probably unbelief. So here's what I'm asking you to do. And I'm really not asking you to do Jesus is. Set your umbrella down. And walk away and choose. Choose. Say, Lord, I'm not going to do, I'm not going to choose what I believe. I'm going to choose to believe you regardless of what the circumstances look like, regardless of how I feel, I'm going to trust your word more than my emotions. You understand? So the takeaway for you today is lay your umbrella down and get wet because that's when you see God begin to move. You understand? That's when you see the miracle happen in your life that you need is when you trust him. Amen? You know, last Sunday was a, was a challenging day for a number of people in our church. Some of you are aware, Heidi Pruitt had a, you guys can come on up. Heidi Pruitt had a, a stroke last Sunday morning. But she's doing well. They've moved her into physical rehab down in Batesville. Please feel free to call her. Um, I fully expect by the time I get there that she will have everyone completely lined out. And we'll be running the place. So um, we may open a campus down there at the hospital before too long. You never know. But she's recovering well, and I know she really appreciates and covets your prayers. God's done a miracle in that situation. Last Sunday also, uh, Wes and his family went home, and their house was burning down. Trish and I were actually at the band concert, and Miles, who you know is a firefighter, came down and sat beside me in the middle of the band concert and leaned over and said, Wes's house is on fire right now. And, and their family's gone through that tragedy. But 
But I want to tell you what. Truth. The Bible talks about the relationships that we have with each other. And it says that two is better than one. Because when one falls down, the other one can be there to pick them up. And it talks about woe is it when we're by ourselves and we don't have anybody to help us. And it's great when we have a three-string cord because it makes us strong. And, and when we go through challenges individually as a family, as a church family, and this is a family, we're there and we lift each other and pick each other up. And so we love the Bunting family and, and the contribution that they've just poured their lives into our church. And uh, for those of you that received the email, uh, we're going to bless them. Um, and give you the opportunity to go by church and do that. But, but we want you to know you're not alone. But you can know that for you too. Because we are a family. And sometimes when you're walking around and you've got your umbrella of unbelief up, you can know this. This is the beauty of a family of faith. people around you praying for you. And you know what's that, what that's like when you But there are others standing in the gap for you when you can't stand yourself. That's one of the things we learned when we went to SWAT school is one is none and two is one. And as long as you've got somebody else with you, you're just not alone. And you've got somebody to watch your back. And that's how a church family is. We were not meant to do a life alone. We need each other. We need each other. So lay your umbrella down and let the rain of God's love pour down on you. Confess your sin to him. If you're angry with God, tell him. He can handle it. And allow him to begin to work on your heart and change you, not from the outside in, but from the inside Forgive those in your life that have harmed you. Set them free and allow God to heal your heart. Give love to the unlovable. Give grace like God gave grace to you. And become the kind of person that God can use to fill you up and pour through you. Amen. Let's pray. If you're here today, and this message has just really touched your heart. God's just speaking to you right now. And you're, you're honest with yourself. And you recognize that, that you've really got your umbrella up. There's some belief in there. But unbelief is keeping you from really experiencing all that God has. Part of it may be because you just misunderstood. But today, you, you really want to get that right. I'm not talking about your relationships with other people. I'm really talking about your relationship with God. Like the man in this story, you believe, but there's some unbelief in there. But if today you really want to get that right, you want to make your relationship with God right, you want to surrender to Him and just allow Him to pour His love and mercy on you, just slip your hand up and say, Pastor, that's me. That's me. Amen. I see those hands. Amen. Father, I just ask you now, as we're, as we're here in this moment, that those that have raised their hand and the others that are here that haven't, but Father, that they would just lean in on you and trust you. 
that, Lord, you would just pour your spirit upon them. And, and Father, for those that are here today that have hearts of stone, that, that their circumstances in their life has made them hard just to survive, that, Father, you would begin to soften their heart towards you. For those, Lord, that, that feel like they can't be honest with you, that maybe they feel like because of their past they can't come to you, I just pray, Lord, that that you would show them your love and your mercy and your kindness and let them know it's not about what they've done, it's about who you are and what you've done. And that you've paid for all of our sins, every single one of them. And that if we'll receive your grace and mercy, you can make us new people and adopt us into your family. Lord, I ask that in Jesus' name today. And all God's people said, Here's what we're going to do. I'm going to pray over our meal. And then we're going to end with the video. I'll be out front, Trish and I, and we'll be glad to shake your hand and say hi to you. Those of you that are going to eat, just exit and go back. Y'all don't wait on me. Y'all just go ahead and eat. But when you leave today, be looking for the people that are around you. And I want you to imagine, you can see the ones that are walking around, and it's almost like they've got this umbrella. It's just keeping them from experiencing God's love. Pray for those people. Show them God's love and kindness. Okay, be his hands and feet. You understand? Father, thank you for loving us so much. Lord, I just pray that we would, we would Lord, allow your love storm to pour on us. And Father, in turn, help us to turn and, and pour your love into other people. Father, help us to be the kind of people that bring refreshing into the lives of others. And we bring life with us, Lord, like you told us, Jesus. That you said that we're the light of the world. And Lord, help us to be that for people that are in darkness. Help us to love those around us and, and show them your truth. And we thank you for all these things. In Jesus' name, Lord, bless our meal today and our fellowship. For those that aren't staying, Father, protect them as they travel and go. Bring us back together next week. Lord, we thank you for that. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. As you leave today, carry the love of God with you into a world that needs his hope, love, and mercy. Remember, Jesus called us to be his hands and feet. Don't keep the love storm to yourself. Let those around you see and feel his goodness. Share the storm. Waiting on something better. But am I really gonna hide forever?
soul, fan the flame and make it grow. So there's no doubt or denying. Let it burn so brightly that everyone can see that it's you.